This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to step up to the plate with Jim, Steve, Fish, and former two-time Gold Glover World Series champion, Benji Molina. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Right, Jordan! Smith courts one into right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. I pop off. The Cardinals are. The Cardinals won the pennant. The Cardinals won the pennant. The Cardinals won the pennant. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Swing and a miss. The Cardinals are world champions for 2006. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first edition of Bowties and Bullshit here in 2019 as we get up and rolling again after the holidays. And um, as I started up Two Birds on a Bat yesterday with our good friend Benji Molina, as I did then, and I'll do here for our followers of this show. Hope you had a great uh, holiday season and, of course, obviously a safe one with family and friends. But I'm happy to get back into this and welcome in my my friends uh, that I do this with each week as I love to get their opinions. But um want to thank Patios, uh, the original party place, for obviously uh, taking care of our studios here. And, of, and our good friend Randy Green with InnovativeCompanies.com, as he's your man when it comes to residential, commercial, or industrial needs. All four arms underneath one umbrella, construction, heating and cooling, electric, and, of course, the plumbing team up and running now. They are the name you can know and trust. And, of course, Randy, as I always said, is a 35 years experienced man, uh, good man, honest man. If he shakes your hand, tells you he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And I'm telling you, folks, it's very rare today. That's Randy Green with InnovativeCompanies.com. Well, uh, I'm going to get right to our first guest today as he and I were chatting off air about some other things, but uh, I'm interested to get his take on this topic. So without waiting, I'm going to bring in my friend and yours, Kyle Reese from uh, Prospects After Dark, brought to you by his friends at Birds on the Black. What's going on, pal? Hello, sir. How are you? It's great to talk to you. Yeah, um, interesting. I know we were talking about something off air that I hope we get to expand our conversation on someday as I think it would be fascinating. Um, That being said... Um, the topic for today's conversation, because I'm fascinated by this, is where well, I'm, I'm fascinated by where we're going. And, and I get it because, you know, let's face it, we're in a numbers-driven world now, right? But what has happened to free agency? I mean, this is, uh, this is amazing to me. And I, I have a different view on it than, than some people. I mean, I, I think we make a lot of just natural assumptions or natural comparisons that I think sometimes – aren't fair. So I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on it, but from the, from the get go, I mean, are you, are you happy or are you sad that it's evident that baseball is changing their approach to free agency? And when I say baseball, I mean, front offices. I'm bored. I'm not like, if you know, boredom is sadness. Like I'm disappointed by it because I like a lot of movement and it's fun. And it's just, you know, it keeps baseball in the news when there's a bunch of movement in the offseason. And I don't, I don't think it's good for baseball in general. You know, they have – I was looking at the list of relief pitchers today, and there are still so many relief pitchers 
available on the free agent market. And sure, a lot of the, the top names have ticked off, but I, I don't think it's good for baseball. Uh, and I definitely like it when there's more movements. And I don't know, I, w- I wouldn't go as far maybe to say as it's a problem for baseball, but I definitely don't think it's helping baseball. Oh, well, I think it's a problem because it's going to be a big problem. Um, we're heading for a work stoppage. There's no doubt about yeah. this. And the reason we're heading for a work stoppage, and like I like I tweeted out that we were going to do this, and the first thing I get is, well, front offices are tired of paying all this money for contracts that aren't worth it. And I understand that. I get that. But in the end, the players are the talent. Okay, The players, as you've pointed out numerous times, and other people have as well, the players play for nothing in the minor leagues. And, of course, yeah. we hear about this guy who got a 3 or $4 million signing bonus. That's very far and few between. Never, never forget that. Um, you know, every blue moon, you know, you get a, a, a Latin or a Dominican guy that's declared a free agent and he, like a Puig or something. And he signs for a bunch of money on it. On that happens occasionally. Sure. But the majority of these guys didn't sign for anything that's going to change their life. Um, you know, uh, it's interesting. And also, also with like, oh, well, I'm sorry. Also no. with guys like Puig and Rosny Castillo, they, uh, Major League Baseball has changed a lot of the international signing rules now so that you can't pay those guys that amount of money. Like, the contract that Luis Robert got from the White Sox, you could not pay him today based on the new rules of international signing. So it, they're, they're even cooking the books that way, if you will. And for me, and like I said, I, the baseball has set this whole thing up now. It's all, like I said, I, you can't – I hate to use the word collusion because – Obviously, you need proof, right, of some. But, man, how much more do you need? Because they've rigged the system now. Take a look. Like, everybody wants to say that Bryce Harper and Manny Machado aren't worth $350 million. The argument there is is that if anybody is, they are because of what? Because they're 26-year-old free agents, and if they sign 10-year deals, okay, they're going to be 36 and not 40 at the end, right? So that's the argument. So I can sit here and say, who do I think are the best players in baseball? Well, I have my opinions, and they're pretty probably pretty close to most people. Let's say it's Mike Trout, right? Um, and, and I think that other, I think there would be a faction of people that would argue, and not argue, right? Like I, I get it, but some people would say, well, what about Mookie Betts? Well, I'm on board there too. I love Mookie Betts. I love Mike Trout. The problem is neither one of those guys are going to be free agents when they're 26. Yeah. Okay. Most guys like a Paul Goldschmidt. Most guys don't come up until they're 20-something, you know, what are they, 20? I mean, I don't know what the average age is of a guy that comes up, and then when he comes up, he's under team control for how long, right? Yeah. So yeah. what's going to happen and especially here? Especially like, yeah, you can look at Pools' contract. A lot of teams do that too where, you know, they'll buy out they'll buy out the, uh, the arbitration years and then add a couple years on top of that. And I, I would imagine that your average player goes to free agency at like 20 or 29, and maybe the earliest, 28 at maybe the earliest, so to your point. Yeah, so think about that now. So if Major League Baseball teams are going to take the thing, we're not going to give any long-term contracts to anybody that's 30 or 31. I mean, what are you going to do then? Like, we don't want to pay anybody after 35? Okay. You know, I I get it. Um, You know, think about this. Mike Trout will be a free agent when he's 29 years old, right? Uh, What's somebody – I mean – is he the kind of guy that somebody will say, I'll go ahead and pay it because he's worth me eating it at the end? I mean, I, I, I so you see my point? I Is he a, like. It, it, that's going to be really interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, he's an example of what I'm talking about right here, right? Like, 
I I don't know. I don't know what we do here. To be quite honest with you, yeah. I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm shocked by all this. To be quite frank, I don't yeah, know how Crowder we fix in particular, it. Yeah. I uh, I hadn't thought about it like that, but you know, a year ago, we all would have assumed entering this off season that uh, Bryce Harper was definitely going to get three hundred or three hundred and fifty million dollars. It was just a matter of how much more over that. So as a 29-year-old Mike Trout enters free agency eventually, or, you know, 30, whatever, it'd probably be his age 30 season. I don't remember for sure. But it'll be the same thing. We'll all assume he's going to get 10 years, 350, 10 years, 400, or something crazy like that. But uh, there's no reason now to think that that's an actual real possibility. And the collusion thing's really interesting because, like you said, you need – it's like building a court case. You need documented evidence of stuff like that. But it's it's definitely some form of – like enabling almost where each organization has decided to be frugal to a level that they haven't been frugal, you know, since the lockout of like 90, since the nineties, we'll just say, and they've all agreed on it. And there's, it's changed the market completely and it's boring and it's sad. Well, see for me, the whole collusion thing is this. If you're following along here, somebody it appears is going to give Bryce Harper his 300 million 10 year deal. The problem is it's down to, like, maybe a couple of teams that might do it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I, Bryce Harper is kind of finding himself in the Eric Hosmer situation. The only teams that really want to do it, he doesn't want to play for. Yeah. So is he going to Eric Hosmer this thing and eventually say, well, I guess I'll sign with him? I, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm This whole yeah. thing, like, you know, sometimes you get to a certain point where a certain system has run its course. So the question is, has baseball's marketplace, the way it's done now, has it run its course? Are we, do we need to, do these guys need to get to free agency sooner? Do they need to make more in their earlier years? Does a major league minimum mean to be, I, I don't know. Does there, are we done with guaranteed contracts? I don't know. The bottom line is the answer here for the players union, and they don't want to admit it, in my opinion, is a salary cap. Because what comes yeah. with a salary cap? A salary floor. Yeah, that's it. It definitely is that. There, there needs the first step for me has always been a, a luxury floor, where and I'm sure that it's more complicated than this. And my feeble, pea-sized brain is just oversimplifying it. But if there's going to be a luxury tax on teams that won't that spend too much money, then there should be a tax on teams that won't spend enough money. And they should get taxed if they go below that, if, if that's how you're going to do it. And I'm, I am very much in favor of a hard cap or a hard floor. I'm still weird about the cap. Like, I like the cap system that the way that they have it. Um, but I, it could probably be better. I just – they definitely need the, the, the damn floor. Something there needs to change. Because as you're saying, like, when you have these teams that are only willing to spend the money, like the $300 million, the $350 million, they're the teams that have tanked and are working their way back, and none of these free agents want to go there in the first place, that hurts the system too. And sure, that you know that even that kind of like disproves like collusion as it is technically defined, but it's part of the error in the system. And I agree with you. I think the system is broken. I think everything that you just brought up is something that needs to be addressed and changed. And, uh, you know, obviously one thing I'm big on is pay for the minor leaguers, but I think that you nailed it when you talk about, like, they need to be paid more early on, like, for their first year, if they make 600000 575000 whatever it is, that's good. But it needs to be a drastic improvement. But, of course, the Major League Players Union will get weird about that because they'll want tenured players because tenured players 
rise the cost of everyone's salary. And the fear would be that owners would just throw guys to the wind quicker if they came up on the 40 man. You know what I mean? Like sure. there's a whole thing there too. So it's a whole, it's a whole, you know, I try not to use the F word here. I know we're cool too, but it's a whole mind fuck. It is an absolute mind fuck when it comes to this. And it's a damn shame because at, we're, we are spiraling hard towards the lockout. And I think that after the last collective bargaining agreement, anybody with a voice was saying that this was a bad deal for the players. It was, a, it got them, through, you know, it stopped, it prevented a work stoppage. And it wasn't awful, but it was a bad deal for the players. And here we are a couple years later, and unless things drastically change, there has to be a work stoppage because it's the best thing for baseball in the long term, and that's the damn shame in all of this to me. Well, because cause people can't be smart about it and say, let's just – let." I mean, we – like, here's my thing. They know. Like, there's no way they don't know they have a problem. So instead of saying – Let's go ahead and make the major re, major change now without a fight. But they won't do that, and I've never understood that. You know what I mean? It's like it's, well, it's it, because the owners are making money. That's it. They're making more money now than they ever have, so they don't care. And they think that they're going to get over on the, collect, on the players' union like they did last time. And then they still have the rights of all of these young players that aren't getting paid either. So there's no incentive to pay the major league players. Like, there's, there's no backup. They have the cheapest labor on earth. On earth. They have the cheapest labor on earth that they employ eight months out of a year that they barely pay. And uh, th- there's, no, there's no chain reaction to it. They're, they're making more money now than they ever have, so they don't give a shit because of it. Uh, the, the part of this, I had a conversation with a guy that was like, okay, so what could you do? And I said, the only thing you, ro- you, you could do it's apparent to me that the big spenders have basically gotten together and said, screw this luxury cap. Why are we doing this? We're getting screwed here. Yeah. Right? So the only thing you could do is you could take away the luxury cap. Okay? So if yeah. you took away the luxury cap, what would that do? Well, in my opinion, that's no good either because without the luxury cap, then what you have is the same couple, same two or three teams every year that are going to spend all the money, and and, yeah. and then that's no good for baseball. We're already seeing it, right? Like I see. Here's what I believe. I, I've I I. It's funny. I worked at everybody knows I worked at AB for a long time, and man, long long time ago, when I really started when I when I you know when I got promoted and, and was doing other things, I, I I finally said to a guy, I said every year we have a price increase, and every year we raise prices. And we look at these, what we know are going to be the price points, and we sit here as real people that are on the street and, and calling on customers and say, That'll, that's not going to work. I mean, that, that price point, that price point. And, you know, and then we would spend, well, so we'd spend a month preparing for this price increase, and then we'd spend two months rolling back prices, right? So basically, you, like, to make it simple, you would raise something 50 cents in hope of being able to hold a quarter. So it's a pain in the ass, right? So the way I look yeah. at this is the same thing. I, it's almost like, can you? And, and where I'm going with that is, I said to somebody one time, sooner or later, somebody's not going to pay twenty five dollars for a thirty pack of beer. They're going to yeah. go get something else. Okay, I think that's what baseball has done to itself. There's 162 games. Okay, you can watch them on TV. There's no loyalty in baseball anymore. You have very few guys that stay with their franchises. Okay. Um, there's no yeah. build-up to games like there is in the NFL. If you look at certain cities, I think what they've done to make 
to charge what they have to charge to be successful in their minds, they are pricing themselves out of the entertainment business, in my opinion. I don't know what the answer is. See, because here's the other thing. If you want to change the way you spend money, okay, if you want to say, you know what, we don't have to spend $200 million because we don't have to pay. We're not going to pay these guys when they're 32, 33, 34, 35 anymore, the majority of them. Okay. Well, then why aren't we lowering prices to make it more affordable for the fans? Well, we're not going to do that. It's almost like budgets, right? Like we're not going to give back because we'll never get it again. So I, I don't know. I, this is this is fascinating to me. And people look at the players and say, well, offer Bryce Harper five years and, and $200 million. How's he say no? The problem is that's fine. Bryce Harper doesn't want to do this again in five years. He's having a hard enough time now when he's 26. Do you think he wants to do it when he's 31, 32? Yeah, and it, it, well, it's also the industry, industry standard that's been set. It, these contracts have been given out. And just like you're talking about with with uh, price inflation and, and everything like that, like that's just how the world works. If if the the organization, the main overarching organization, which is Major League Baseball, is going to continue to make more money year in and year out, then the highest talented players deserve to make the most money. And there shouldn't be a compromise there. There absolutely should not be a compromise there. That's just how the world works. And to, you know, to your point, I love that beer analogy. Especially as you say that, uh, you know, it, eventually somebody's not going to pay 25 bucks for a 30-pack. They're going to go find something else. Again, just because I'm the minor league guy, well, it, you can make your own beer. And that's the other thing that's happening here, where you make your own beer cheaper, and then you're just replacing the beer that you used to like with cheaper talent, and you're doing it with enough that it's not costing you any money, and uh, you're, you're getting a quantity over maybe quality in, in the long run. And that's part of what we're into as well. Well, yeah, but there's other things, you know, like for me, there's other things. Forget beer. Yeah. And that's what the beer business industry has found. Like people are buying vodka. Yeah. They're buying whiskey. Yeah. They're buying, you know, so there, there's all types of, and guess what? There's all types of competitive things out there for, for baseball now. You know, I soccer leagues have grown. Um, people are at home. They're watching Netflix. They're watching Hulu. I, seriously, there's entertainment dollars out there, right? Yeah. I listen. If you're yeah. going to tell me people wanted to look at the downfall of Monday Night Football, are you going to tell me that wrestling didn't have something to do with that? Oh God, yeah, for sure. Other entertainment that younger people found more interesting, and a certain class of person found more interesting. That's what I'm saying. There's always competition out there for what you're doing. So how do you combat mm-hmm. that? Is this is this how they combat it? They're just, you know, it's almost like. Well, you know what? We know we're heading for a problem, so we're just going to spend less money so we make more now, and we can deal with it. I just yeah, it fascinates me. I, I it's like because the numbers show that there's decline after the age of thirty. It's like we're going to blanket everybody in there, and that's what's happened. Now the market kind of sets itself right. Like if you look at the way things have happened, the market has set itself. Like a Dexter Fowler type player, no way gets five years and eighty-five million dollars right now. At his age, no it'd way. It'd be two years, right? Two it'd years. Be, 30. It'd be two years, thirty million bucks. It'd be, or or at the most, you know, the Andrew McCutcheon contract. Look at relievers. Look at what we get. Look at what we gave Cecil, right? And now look at what a guy yeah. like Robertson gets, or a guy like Familia, or 
You know, look at what these guys are who have been dominant at times. Forget Brett Cecil and his one decent year, I guess. These guys have been dominant in the late innings, and this is what they're getting? Yeah. It has The market has changed. So if you're the Cardinals and you're sitting there, it's more that, see, we make this about the Cardinals because it's a Cardinals show, right? But the reality of this, it's every team. There's all kinds of teams sitting there going, I'm just going to wait this thing out. I, look, didn't I can't even remember, but you know the one guy that I that that it really hit me last year on, and I'm looking up his contract as we speak because I want to I don't want to speak out of turn. But this is the one guy last year, and I wanted him. And now, oddly enough, um, uh, tell me who it is, and I want to guess if I can guess the contract. It was Tony Watson. I wanted him. What bad. was that? That was two years, two years, two years, seven mil, I think, for Tony Watson. Uh, or something like that. It might he, not even have been that much. It was a much. three-year, $9 million. Okay. okay. Average salary of three. Yeah. I mean, it was um, – the, there's a player option in 2020. So, that's a it's a player option, which is obviously going to get you know picked up. But So, my point is, I, I look at this and I go, Tony Watson, who's represented by Scott Boris that has pitched well at the end of games, yeah. signs a three-year nine – Basically signs for all – I mean, you got to be kidding me, right? So look what this has become. For about what the Cardinals signed Randy Choate for a couple of years ago. It's, it's like the exact same like what the Cardinals signed Randy Choate for in like 2013. So, I, you know, so as I look at this thing, I'm sitting here going, you know, wh- what are we doing? Now, you know, here's a guy that, at, you know, when he signed that contract, you know, what was he? Was he, he, was, uh, was he 33, 32 maybe? So it's like – yeah. You know, it's like uh, this guy's been good, but nobody <laughs> wants to sign him. You know, and how good would he look yeah. in a Cardinal uniform right now for three years and nine million dollars? Well, all three of us that have been on the show have been lobbying for that trade, so it gives you it puts it right in perspective. Could have had him. Could have had him. Yeah, but you didn't sign him because you signed Cecil the year before and it didn't work out. Yeah, right. That's why you stayed away from him. Yeah. Yeah, and also Cecil. because they're scared of they're they're scared of eating contracts too, so they won't just let Cecil walk. They they want to see what else he has left in the chamber because they still have him for two more years, which again like rolls back into this whole conversation about owners, the way they're spending money, and how they're correcting their own errors. It, it's it's a whole cluster. Well, and I've said on the show a thousand times over, and I think people think I'm crazy. Relief pitcher relief pitching is volatile, like. You can't count on it. You just can't. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's a young guy. I don't care if it's an older guy. You can't count on it. And we've learned that over time, right? Very few guys do you look at and say, okay, I can I can count on this. Now, what you can do is you can make an educated guess based on how a guy's done. Well, if you're a major league club right now and you sign – even the guys last year that we all wanted and were awful, right? Like everybody wanted Addison yeah. Reed. Everybody wanted Nicasio back. Everybody wanted Brian Shaw. Those guys were awful. Well, all those guys that signed yeah. two-year contracts, okay, are coming back this year, and if they're awful again, guess what? They're gone. Yeah. Right. So no biggie. Yeah. So no biggie. I, that it's just like I said. My thing on this whole deal is you look at like for me with the Cardinals. Of course, I'd like to have Bryce Harper. I think if Manny Machado signs somewhere for two hundred million dollars and it's not St. Louis Cardinals, they should be ganged and quartered. Because yeah. this, you got to be kidding me, right? How in the hell were you going to give some of these other guys two hundred million dollars, but not Manny Machado? He's one of the best players in baseball. Yeah, 
Okay. The, the thing that'll get me, the thing that'll get me, Jim, is if there's if Bryce Harper signs anywhere for less than ten years. Because if you remember early on in this offseason, one of the things that both Mr. Dewitt and Mr. Mazelak said was that the issue wasn't necessarily the money; it was the year. So if Bryce Harper goes somewhere for say eight years, or if it's seven years, and it it's a you know seven years, even if it's like seven years, three hundred mil, or you know seven years, two eighty, or something like that. That's what's really going to get me. That that will light a fire underneath me because th- then that guy should definitely be a St. Louis Cardinal. If the issue was years, and he signs for anything less than ten years, then like that will push me over the edge a little bit. Well, we're seeing it happen right before our eyes. This is this is not. It's not going to end well. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, I. You're right. You know, I. Th- th- and here's the thing that's funny about the whole thing. We are. It's January 9th, Okay. Um, depending on what story you want to follow, the St. Louis Cardinals, no way they would sign Machado or Harper. Um, it seems like they're done, but they're still looking around. The reality of it is the way this market has played out, the, the Cardinals might even wind up with a guy. Now, I'm not. it may not be one of those two, but my point is here, the Cardinals, because they've waited this thing out, just like other teams, chances are if they really want to, they could wind up with another player at a very reasonable contract. based on whatever it is. So where I'm going with this is they may wind up with another bullpen arm that they get on one of these nice two-year, you know, two years, 10 million bucks or something, you know, whatever, okay? So, uh, and and let's face it, I'm not ever going to say never, but it sure doesn't look like it. They could wind up with Machado or Harper at at a decent contract compared to what we thought, right? So it could play in our favor. But in the end, we're going to have a lost year of baseball over this. Because cooler heads can't get together and say, "Okay, yeah, we got a problem, boys." Now, maybe this is the way. Maybe the maybe the owners are sending a message to the players, saying, "You know, we need to fix this, but we're going to have to get creative here." So, you know, we're obviously showing you that we're willing to sit. So I don't know. Who knows? But obviously, you know, you got to be in those rooms, and and I, it just fascinates me where we're at on that. Like we're taking the stance that nobody over thirty can play baseball anymore. Yeah, yeah, and then even then, you get a guy like the Nelson Cruz contract, right? Nelson Cruz is thirty-seven, right? He's entering his age thirty-eight year, and all he's done is rake every year, even last year, and he has to settle. And two years is the right thing, but he only gets like, uh, well, I don't remember how much it was. It was like two fourteen or two eighteen or something like that. I don't remember. Whatever it was, it was really, really affordable for somebody his age or for somebody of his talent level for an American League team. It's the, the system's bad. It's cooked. And uh, hopefully people start getting loud about it like you and I are today. Well, the truth is he actually signed a one-year deal with an option yeah, that, here, with right. a club option. So it's only $14 million bucks. It's less than the – it's less than uh, – if you accepted our, if you accepted uh, the, 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 the club's uh, – the, the uh, Qualifying offer? Yes. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, and all the guys done Drake. It's like they're going, look, we're going to sign you, but we don't, we don't think you're going to be any good. That's what you're saying to a guy. Exactly. Yeah. I, it's just unbelievable to me. So, anyway, it's fascinating. I'm curious to see where we go. Um, the one thing that is kind of cool, though, is, is because it's January 9th, uh, I would think each week we do this, there should be some things happening that we can ta- actually talk about and break down. So, I look forward to it as we move forward. I know you're still doing PAD, so why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you and follow you. Yeah, we do uh, Prospects After Dark on Sunday nights at 8 o'clock Central Time. Uh, you can find it on Periscope or through Twitter at my account. You can find me on Twitter at KYLER416. 
Uh, it's also through the Birds on the Black uh, Twitter account and through Cardinals Gifts. Uh, and I, I'm just starting right now. Uh, I, I'm going to rank my top 35 prospects in the Cardinals organization. I just finished my list. I, I normally do like five drafts of my, my top 35 list. I ended up losing my mind and doing like 15 different drafts and finally settling on one. Uh, I put more thought into this one than I probably put into maybe any of them that I've ever done. And I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, I'm trapped in my own head a lot. So that should give you an idea of just how much thought I'm putting into this. And anyways, in the next month or so, we'll start unveiling uh, what I call my dirty 35 top 35 prospect over at birds on the black. And you're going to get gifts in there. You're going to get uh, images. You're going to get video. You're going to get scouting reports. Uh, it's pretty intense and pretty extensive and uh, just just be prepared, buckle up. Uh, it's it's a whole different thing than what you might get out of nearly any other prospect service. So uh, we're working on that. That's a lot of hard work, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can make everybody happy with that. Fascinating that Nelson Cruz has only been in the league for ten years. Yeah, yeah, he uh, late bloomer. Yeah, fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend, good stuff. I plan on chatting with you next week. Jim, this was a pleasure, man. Thank you very much. All right, that's my man, Kyle Reese. Uh, again, nobody better. Love it. Um, and uh, happy to discuss this topic with him. As I think it's a fascinating topic. It's Again, I, it's, I don't know what else we're going to talk about right now. Um, but for, for, for what's really happening in baseball, I find this just amazingly interesting. So great stuff. Uh, happy to have him. And now we're going to move on to our next participant in Bowties and Bullshit, brought to you by our good friends at Adam Smokehouse. Don't forget Adam Smokehouse on Watson Road. You can uh, get over there for barbecue. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays open until 7. In my opinion, it's the best barbecue in St. Louis, folks. They do deliver. Uh, you can find out uh, just by getting a hold of them if you fall in that area code. And, uh, and, and again, I, guys, listen, I know there's great barbecue places in St. Louis. I like all the other ones, too. But Adam Smokehouse, the, all the different stuff besides the ribs, which I think are fantastic, it's all good, too. Uh, catering. If you need that done, they do a great job with that. Imagine showing up to an event and having Adam Smokehouse there. Uh, you know, if you need uh, large orders to go for at home, for, for home parties and things like that, they can take care of you there as well. But, again, the service is tremendous, the people are awesome, and the food is second to none. That Adam Smokehouse on Watson Road, tell our good friend, Mike, we said hello. Let's bring in my man and yours, Moe's Algorithm. What do you say, Mo? Hey, Jim, how are you doing? Well, um, talking about free agency and baseball in general, um, obviously we can take a look at the Cardinals' approach to free agency um, as it relates to the game of baseball and their own needs. But um, I'm fascinated by what we've seen over the last couple years. It has been a real shift in the way clubs are spending money, and there's no doubt in my mind that we're heading towards a, a lockout or a strike, whatever you want, to, whichever one, doesn't matter to me. Um, the bottom line is this: I, something's wrong here, um, and I and I know a lot of fans are going to say, "Well, the owners are tired of spending money on players that aren't worth it," and and you know they're realizing that play, guys, you know, when they get older, aren't worth the money. I, in the end, I understand all that. I'm just not sure it's good for baseball. What are your thoughts? I think it's horrible for baseball. Uh, I was just speaking with my father-in-law about this the other day. I said that. Uh, the, the issues of free agency, it's killing the uh, interest in the sport in the offseason. Uh, it's just, even myself, I find I'm, I'm not interested. I, 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 I kind of shut myself off because I, it, nothing's happening. It's not, nothing's interesting. There's nothing to read on. There's nothing to speculate on because it's just 
another dead winter uh, of slow moving markets that, that the owners are being, um, uh, the owners aren't being very smart. Um, I understand that they don't want to pay players, you know, till they're 40 years old at 30 million a year. Fine. Get creative then, right? Pay, pay, pay Bryce Harper a four year or $200 million contract, right? Is he going to turn down 50 million a year for the next four years until he's 30? Probably not. So uh, there's, there's ways for these guys to get creative and still pay their players. I, I find it pathetic uh, that the report came out that the uh, owners made $10.1 billion last year. Uh, they refused to pay their minor league players, and, and now they're refusing to pay their major league players. So um, it's not a good situation, and, and I think it will end up in lost time on the field. I, you know, the thing is this. As we look at it, and I was just talking to, to Kyle about it, the thing is, I understand that very few guys are going to be free agents when they're 26. I understand that. Um, to, they, are want to, they want to take advantage of this because if you don't think Bryce Harper and his camp aren't looking at the way 31-year-olds are being viewed, why would he want to sign a five-year contract, right? Now you can say, well, he's Bryce Harper. Bryce is going to be okay. Look at our own, look at our own town. We've starved for a number three hitter for how long? We trade for Paul Goldschmidt, and half our fan base doesn't want to sign him to a five-year extension. So you tell me. He's been the second-best hitter in baseball, and we got people saying, no way do I sign that guy to a five-year extension. you got to be kidding now, me. Now, I will argue I don't mind signing him to a five-year deal as long as it's not crazy expensive. You know, because again, I don't want to pay a 36 year old $30 million a year. So if he wants to sign a five year, $90, $100 million deal, fine. They can front load that and he'll make 10 year, 10 million in his final year. But if he's expecting at 32 to get a five year, $200 million deal, then forget it. I uh, don't, you think he's probably going to get a five year, $150 million deal? That's a little too much for my liking. Well, I mean, if. <laughs> If he walked away and went somewhere else for five for 150, then what are you left with? I mean, that's. You're left with money to spend somewhere else. But you don't. <laughs> that's the thing. You don't. I, I understand. That's the frustrating <laughs> yeah, part. You know, that's my thing. You don't. I, 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 I will say this the whole thing, I, I, I actually get the reliever thing. I've been saying this for a long time, okay? This relieving thing is so hit and miss, you can't count on it, okay? It's an unhealthy position, yep. okay? The game has changed, and it's and that's getting worse. Make no mistake about it, okay? If we're going to start pulling pitchers before they're fatigued just because it's their third time through the order, this is not going to get better. It's going to get worse, okay? So – we're going to have more injuries. We're going to have more turnover. We're going to have less effectiveness out of the bullpen. Okay? Make no mistake about it. So, I understand that. You know, like I said last year, all these guys that we wanted last year for the Cardinals to sign that were awful, that signed two-year contracts. Remember, man, two years, $18 million. The Cardinals couldn't have done that. Remember, we had these conversations like Nicasio, Addison Reed, these guys. Okay? That weren't very good last year. Now, if they're not very good this year, they're gone. So, I get that. Yep. No problem there. But even the St. Louis Cardinals are not jumping in on a couple of these guys. Like, you cannot tell me 
you wouldn't have felt better with Jairus Familia, David Robertson, and the back end of the bullpen, who I think signed for contracts that were well worth it, in my opinion, because of the risk. It's a risk-reward thing, but the reward is very high with those guys if you're really trying to win this thing. I would agree with you. You know, I, I, don't, I know there's no guarantee, but it's like the Andrew Miller thing. Whether you, whether you, regardless of what you think is going to happen with him, my thing on Andrew Miller is this: If I'm going to take a risk on a guy, I'm going to take a risk on a guy that when he's great is that when he's that when he's right is great, not when he's right is pretty good. So that's kind of where I'm at. Now we can differ whether or not we think he can be great. Like who knows, right? Like we'll see and we'll find out. But you know, I brought I brought him be healthy. Yeah, I brought up Tony Watson uh, to Kyle Reese. That one blows my mind. Take a look at that contract. The St. Louis Cardinals yep. need Tony Watson. You could have got him a what uh, a, a year ago, three years, nine million bucks, seven seven million dollars, three years, nine million. I think is what he signed. Yep. So you got to be kidding me, you know. And and the problem is, and I get this. The problem is they they purely didn't sign Tony Watson for one reason, Brett Cecil, because they signed him to a four year, whatever it was, thirty million dollar contract. Right? I, yep. So, you know, making two-year mistakes versus four-year mistakes for too much money obviously is a lot easier pill to swallow. Um, and I, what's your thoughts on this? The funny thing about this is, is that, and I don't, I have no idea. There's nothing to lead me to believe this because they just seem like, you know, they're just going to sit back. But the Cardinals could actually find a player, whether it be a bullpen guy or a player, just fall in their lap now because of the way this is being approached. Uh, yeah, they could. Um, I don't, I, I, I've lost, uh, 95% of any faith in the Cardinals in terms of, of getting excited or being interested in, in them signing someone. Cause I just, uh, they just don't do it. They're just not interested. It's just not their thing. Um, I, <clears throat> a lot of winners, I, I would say, oh, you know, they'll, they'll do it next year. Right. There's so-and-so yeah. a free agent. Yeah, so-and-so a free agent. This, this Harper thing is, um, just kind of broke my spirit. Yeah, I mean, I that's my thing. Like I everybody like if, if you're out there and you're like, "Well, I don't want Harper, I want Arenado." I I want to know what cloud you live on. Yeah, cuz like what, what what has made you like what evidence do you have that supports your idea that they'll even consider paying Nolan Arenado? Right. And isn't I mean, they don't is, is Nolan Arenado really that much? Is he better than Bryce Harper? I don't think so. But I, I, well, I mean, if you look at defense, sure. I mean, well, sure, he's a great yeah. defensive player. But um, you know, is he going to be great away from Colorado? The numbers would say he's not near as good away from Colorado. Is that not correct? I agree with you. Yep. You know, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's. Um, a, I understand that. Bryce Harper's the same player no matter where he goes. It, that's proven, right? I mean. Bryce Harper in Colorado would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I I, I just, you know, I, people like who they like. So I understand why they get passionate about players. I have no issue with that whatsoever. I, Who doesn't like Nolan Arenado? I mean, we could sit here and argue all day long who we think is a better player. Nolan Arenado, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, that whole thing. I'm telling you right now, I, I'm on the camp now that the guy that I'm sitting here going, I agree, like, I, I let you guys change my mind on – on Harper because I thought it was more realistic, right, because of a variety of reasons. But I'm going to tell you this. 
If Manny Machado signs somewhere for $200 million and it's not the St. Louis Cardinals, I'm going to lose my shit. I would agree because obviously, and, and I, I agree with what you're saying, and I, I agree that we all kind of went with the Harper camp, um, but if they're this committed to Dexter Fowler, then are they, God, it makes me sick to my stomach to think if they're this committed to Jed Jerko. Like I, I, like I said, my spirit's already broken. Please don't make me sick on top of it. Um, and if, if Machado is not even, you know, unless Machado's agent calls Mazalak and says, dude, we're not interested, I don't call anymore. Uh, then, then you have to be considering that. But I, like I said, I just don't have a whole lot of faith that they're they're even considering that. I, it just, I, you know, how you could put a guy over at third base like that for for years to come, that plays that kind of defense at third base and can bat in the middle of your lineup. I, I, you're you're never ever going to convince me that that you're going to look back on that and go, yeah, that was a great decision not to do that. I. I'm just floored by that. Just absolutely floored by it. Well, I guess the good news is that eventually, if the Cardinals continue on this path, right, uh, they're going to be able to draft high enough to draft hitters like that because they're they're not on a path to to winning a hundred games again, right? I mean, they're uh, not. <laughs> well, again, I, uh, I, I, you know, how many are they going to win? I don't know. You know, it's like I've said, I've 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 had this conversation. What? So, you know, how do they get better? You know, I mean, you, listen, have they gotten better? I, I would say they have. I mean, you can't – again, I know the long-term thing. We have to figure out what we're going to do with, with Call Goldschmidt. But, I mean, the guy's a, the guy's a hitter. I mean, I, you know, you have – it's this isn't Marcelo Zuna here that you're going, okay, well, I'm not sure who he is. We know who Paul Goldschmidt is. Okay, now, nothing in life is guaranteed, but – if you're going to bet a bunch of money on a guy to hit 300, hit 30 home runs, and drive in 100 runs, I I'd bet my money on Paul Goldschmidt. You know, have yep. close to a four, yep. cl- have close to a 400 OBP. I mean, you'd bet your money on it, right? Which is at the end of the day is all you can really do. Okay, so for me, I'm looking at this thing going. Okay, you got you got the trade for the guy that doesn't make hardly any money, and he makes Matt Carpenter money, right? Guy's been the second best hitter in baseball. He makes Matt Carpenter money. You're, you're, there's no guarantee you're going to sign him next year. Marcelo Zuna's a free agent next year. You've got this 26-year-old free agent, whether it's Machado or Harper, just sitting there with no market. Now, you can say, well, there's a couple teams. It's evident to me that they don't want to play for either one of those two teams. This screams Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer yeah, signed I with a team he didn't want Mike. to sign for because it was the only team that wanted him for that money. I guess my question would be you, and I, I will apologize for my mistake and forgetting that Carpenter will be at third base. So uh, let's just throw that out there now. Um, I did, did that did uh, not cross my mind. But right. where would you put Machado? I'd play him at third. And uh, listen, this is an organization that whether anybody wants to like it or not, there's a reason why they are not in love with Colton Wong. And I mean they, all of them. You never, ever, ever hear any commitment, any love Anything he's always rumored to be available. You never hear anything about Colt Wong, and I and I and I have a feeling I know why. I, I I've I've often wondered why. Colt Wong's that guy that you look at and you go, man, look at the way, look at what he can do, right? Like every, who doesn't? Like you look at him and you think he can do this, but he's never proven to you that he can be like this player 
consistently that you think he can be. Let's make no mistake about this. Colton Long is is a year away from making $10 million, right? And if you're not convinced that he can do anything, it's another $10 million guy that you're just not sure what you have, right? I mean, I've... I'm looking at it going, okay, he's going to make $6.5 million this year, $10.2 next year. Is he a starter or isn't he? Well, most people would say you got to have him in the lineup, which I would agree. But are you sure who he is? I'm not. You know, he has a great season no. defensively, and everybody wants to say he's the greatest second baseman in baseball. Marcelo Zuna had a great season the year before, and everybody questioned who he was based on his past seasons, yep. the up and down. Well, what's Colton Wong been? So my point is, this is an organization that for some reason, one way or another, does not want to commit to the guy. So I'm telling you right now, I do everything in in groups. So if you tell me in 2019, who do I like better? Do I like Paul Goldschmidt at first, Manny Machado at third, and Matt Carpenter at second? Or or do I like Paul Goldschmidt at first, Matt Carpenter at third, and Colt Wong at second? That's a dumb question. That's a dumb question because there is no doubt about it. Give me Machado at third. Goldschmidt at first and Carpenter at second, and we'll go ahead and go to war. That's not even that's that's a dumb question. I feel a whole lot better about that. I would be uh, my my spirit would would be lifted. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So what are we talking about here? Is Carpenter's not going to make some of the great flashy plays that Wong makes? Okay, but the majority of the balls at second base are routine ground balls. Okay. All Carpenter's ever done, nobody likes him. All he's ever done is what's been asked of him. So if you went to him and said, hey, we're going to shift you to second base now, he would probably spend about 75% of his time that he works at second base on the on the, on the the slow rollers to his right, the slow rollers to his left, and turning double plays. Because it doesn't do any good to work on the range thing because it's not going to matter. Plus, with the shift in baseball, sure. look at every team the way they treat second base now. With the shift, it, what's the difference? That's yeah. my thing on the I whole mean, the whole deal. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, if you're going to shift a lot, you could just put DeYoung where the second baseman would stand and put Carpenter up the middle. Yeah, I. So, so again, I, I'm now I, I, we're talking crazy here, but we're talking about free agency and how it's affected the availability to do this. So, if everybody didn't want to pay Machado three hundred fifty million dollars, or you didn't want to pay Bryce Harper three hundred fifty million, you just thought it was stupid. That's fine. But if the price truly has fallen because of the way free agency is going now, with the record revenues that we now are aware of in baseball, you have to be kidding me. I mean, we offer Jason Hayward $200 million a year, and people realistically would not give Manny Machado 250 Come on. Come on. Yeah. you got to be kidding later. me. Got to be kidding me. Got to be kidding me. It's... Uh, <laughs> I just it, I'm flabbergasted by it. So, I guess where we're at now though is, is so if you look at the Cardinals and where I'm going with the whole free agency question, you know, so I'm going to ask you this. Number one, do you see any way cooler heads prevail and they realize they have a problem and do something before this lockout season that's going to be coming up? No, I think the owners have dug in and they're going to do what they want to do with their money, and they, they I no, I don't. <sighs> I mean. Is this a message? Are the owners sending a message to the players? Like, listen, we don't this we don't like this deal. And I and I don't I, I understand think, how the owners don't like it. I, I and that's where I was going. I, I think it's the wrong message. I, 
uh, you're, you know, uh, you're, I don't understand the motive. Uh, you pay, even if you overpay guys, like you're still going to make money. You're going to make a lot of money. Like the Cardinals would make, and this is what I, this is what I don't understand. So Bill DeWitt is going to make more money every year Machado is on the roster than if he's not on the roster. He's going to make more money if Bryce Hart, because I can't, I cannot be the only one. I can't be the only fan going, you know, if they sign Machado or Harper, I'd, I'd buy a couple tickets next year, or I'll tune into TV more. I can't be the only fan saying that. So how can you tell me on a ledger that if I'm not the only fan saying that, that you wouldn't make more money by signing a guy like that? Yeah, no, across the board. I I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and there's so many other things that go into it too. But, see, the fact that people are complaining about Paul Goldschmidt not being able to sign anything they want at the winter warm-up tells you that people don't get it. They don't get the player earnings thing. You know, it's funny. They want to, you know, they want Paul Goldschmidt to come here. They want him to sign a five. They want him to sign a lesser deal than what he's probably earned. And we wonder why players don't want to come to St. Louis. So what you're telling me now is, is now you don't want the player to be able to earn money by signing a contract with somebody outside of baseball. I, this is the whole reason people don't want to come to these types. They want to go places where they can make other money. Okay. So how could you not understand a guy saying, yeah, I mean, you're going to pay me to be exclusive to you? Well, sure. That's part of it. I don't understand that. I, once again, now, here we have a guy, right, that is making money on a contract of, 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 of a, of a uh, oh, shoot, the, the, word, the word is escaping me, what we call this. Um, not sponsorship. Uh, oh, God. You know, when, you, when, when you're able to make money, like, Adver being a spokesperson for somebody or whatever, whatever like that. An, an, endorsement. an endorsement, an endorsement. Yes, sorry, thank you. So w yep. these guys have the opportunities in big markets to to get more money with endorsements. So here's a guy that has an endorsement in St. Louis, and we're bitching about it. And then you wonder why guys don't want to come here. But we want to yep. blame everybody else, but we don't want to look at look in the mirror and go, oh, I don't, you know, just I listen. Take your autographed picture of him and be happy. You met the guy. Floored. No, I want him to sign this or that or whatever. Come on. You know, I, I, you can, listen, you can be like, man, that stinks, but we're actually going to complain about it. I, I don't know. It, it's just, I, I don't know what you want. I, I, I don't know what you want then. You know what I mean? Well, it's okay if he makes endorsement yeah. dollars as long as it doesn't affect me. Okay. I, I, it just floors me. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Is there a fix here? Do you see a fix? Uh, in general? Yeah, like what would you do? How do you fix this? <clears throat> uh, strike. That's the only thing. It's, it's, it's the way that, I mean, I work for a, for a manufacturing corporation, and if, if the players or, you know, I, I'm not on the wage side, the union side, but if they didn't, uh, if they don't like the, you know, what's going on and their contract's up, uh, they go on strike until they get what you know until they can reach an agreement that this is what they need, and I think part of it is going to be that uh, the um, luxury tax issue. So I think if yeah, you know, the players are going to go, that doesn't the players are going to go look. We don't we don't want this luxury tax, you know, and the owners are going to go well, you know. I think that's a that's an area I think the two can come to an agreement on because I don't think the owners like it. 
you know, I think uh, I think Ricketts, I think Harper would be a Cub already if it weren't for the luxury tax. Uh, I think Ricketts would look at it and go, yeah, I'll spend that much on Harper, but I'm sure as hell not just going to throw the money away that I got to pay in taxes. You know, rich people don't like paying taxes either. So, um, well, that's I what's think happened. That's probably an area. The teams that have been paying luxury tax money finally said, "This is stupid. We ain't doing this no more." Why? Yep. Nobody else is spending any money. And, they're taking the money that we're giving and, them, and they're not spending it. Exactly. And the Cardinals are part of that group. The part the Cardinals are part of the problem because they can't afford to get what you know. The, the Cardinals can spend all the way up to the luxury tax if they so choose, but they don't want to. So they're pocketing their profits, and then. You know, the Dodgers are saying, look, we can't really afford to pay this luxury tax, so we can't sign Harper. The Cardinals could. The, you know, other you know, other other teams could. The White Sox could do a hell of a lot more than they're doing. They're just playing hardball to be cheap with Machado right now. They got, they got an open checkbook right now. And they're just, you know, because they can, they're not going to spend it. The Phillies could do whatever they wanted to. What happened to, what happened to that owner's stupid money comment, right? We're going to spend stupid money. Yeah, whatever. These owners are liars, and they're going to do whatever they can. And, and I understand it's their business, and that's fine. But uh, I don't think they're seeing the forest through the trees. Well, I, I, I'm of the opinion, I, like I told Kyle Reese, I, the only answer here is a salary cap because it comes with a salary floor. And the salary cap, in my opinion, will all be dictated by percentage of money that comes, just like football. It's going to be a percentage that's going to have to yep. go to players. And that's where we're headed. I, yep, you know, I, I agree, and, and I, I don't, and I don't know that it, anybody really wants that. But that's where we're headed. There's no fix other than that. It, I don't see. It's the only sport without one. Like, how, it doesn't make any sense. It's the only sport without one, and you know, the players, what they can do is they can, you know, discuss the salary cap in that situation, and you got to get out of these guaranteed contracts. The NFL did it. Well, the NFL does it. The NBA does it. Uh, how can these you know, and they're more popular, right? So let's if if you're baseball, the NBA and the NFL are are vastly more popular sports. They have a much better TV market. Uh, they're more global, right? So let's look at what they're doing to be successful. And and those guys are making a lot of money, lots of money. Well, I guess so, we'll see what uh, happens. I, I mean, it's uh, I think. That, Go ahead. I think there's a lot that could be learned from the NBA and the NFL by Major League Baseball. Well, we shall see, my friend. Like I said, uh, I could. I, my opinion is is obviously we're getting later and later. Uh, guys should start coming off the board, so we should be able to analyze it a little bit. I would be curious to see if the Cardinals jump at, jump in on anybody because of the prices coming down in years. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I, I will say that they they did show a willingness last, they did show a willingness last year to grab a guy because his price came way down. In uh, in Greg Holland, so let's see if they do that again this year. I don't know, um, I don't know who that might be, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we'll have a, we'll have a more conversation on it next week. Mo, where can people follow you? Uh, on Facebook at Mo's Algorithm and on Twitter at moz underscore algorithm. Well, I appreciate you, my friend. We're gonna get out of let you get back to work and uh, head on over to our good friend Brendan Schaefer. All right. We'll talk to you later, Jim. All right. Take care, Moe's. That's Moe's algorithm. And again, uh, always love his takes, always love his thoughts. And uh, it's an interesting topic, you know, because I think there's a pit like this one. Really, you get to weigh heavily in with your opinion of what you you see. Now, some people are going to say, well, this is what 
I see as the problem. And you're always going to have the people that say these players make way too much money. Nobody ever says owners make way too much money. Nobody thinks about the fact that the teams that do spend money pay a, pay a tax and that money goes to the teams that choose not to spend money. And then there's some teams that don't spend that money. It's just, but then you can sit here and say, well, they got to have teams to play, right? And I've said earlier, I think some markets are pricing themselves out of baseball if you want to be competitive. The whole system is screwed up, folks, and we're going to have to see how they fix it. And listen, they need to fix it without a labor stoppage, but I don't see how that's going to happen. Good stuff from Moe's. And uh, now we're going to head over to our good friend, Brendan Schaefer. Uh, this segment brought to you by our friends at Gators Baseball Academy. Located uh, in, in Missouri, that you've probably known them in the past as the Missouri Gators. They've now building their brand over in Illinois. So there's Missouri Gators and Illinois Gators. And then they blend them together to form the Gators Baseball Academy once you get to that high school prep age, as a lot of players start thinking about uh, what they're going to do next when it comes to the game of baseball. But for all you guys out there that are trying to get better, the off-seasons where you can do it, right now they're, they're full bore with all their academies, classes, camps, Always looking for talented players or people that want to be part of a great organization. So you can always reach out to them, too, and find out uh, if you if you can get a tryout and just get a look-see and see if there's a fit for you over there. That's GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. Uh, and, again, uh, they've just bought the Hit Tracks. Uh, there's a lot of league things happening, a lot of tournaments, a lot of fun stuff happening with Hit Tracks, adults or kids. Uh, you can get on there and get yourself registered and get over there and have some fun with that. You can do it individually as a team. Uh, for practices, but they are doing leagues where you can you can have your own team and go over and play in a hit tracks league. Lots of fun stuff. It's a great, great tool both for getting better and having fun that a lot of people are really enjoying. Again, that's GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. Okay, let's bring in my friend and yours, Brennan Schaefer. What do you say, B-Shafe? Hey, 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 how we doing? Well, uh, good to talk to you again. Uh, interesting topic. We've had some uh, some interesting discussion with, uh, with Kyle Reese and, of course, Mo's algorithm, and I'm interested to get your take. Um, you know, you do a lot of writing about the Cardinals and, and you have your own takes and opinions, but uh, a lot of times you try to take an inside look at things and, 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 you know, opposing viewpoints and things like that. As free agency, I think I can say uh, realistically has changed over the last two years. What are your thoughts on the market and the way it's kind of really just taken away the, the, the big contracts? Yeah, I think last year we saw that there weren't too many marquee players in that market. Like everybody was looking at Eric Hosmer as, as one of the big names out there. And everybody said that this, this slowdown, this free agent freeze, it's a product of, uh, you know, the players that are in the, the free agent pool this season. Next year it'll be different because we've got some big fish out there. And as we've seen, it hasn't been different at all. In fact, it, arguably it's been even worse with how long it's taking to, to get some players signed. And I don't think it's going away. I think this is bad news for the, the, the future as far as like the, the CBA. And I, I think I think trouble is going to be brewing with this where the next time the, the players are able to uh, get a seat at the table and renegotiate some of this, uh, we, we, could, we could see some problems uh, as those two sides, the players and the owners, butt heads. Because I, I think teams have figured out uh, a better way of maximizing their resources and, and with the rec recognizing that you've got six years of player control under these young guys. And so that's everybody starts valuing prospects and valuing young players. And then by the time guys get to free agency, you know, a lot of times teams just don't think it's worth it based on their, their systems or their algorithms to pay players. What we've seen free agents make in the past. We talk about these big free agent deals that have happened in the not too distant past and, 
guys often are, are making a ton of money and not giving a lot of return to those teams. We've seen some deals like that go south pretty quickly for teams that, that dole them out. So I, I think it's it's only kind of the beginning until something changes. I think a radical change to the structure of the way baseball does uh, player control and free agency is is maybe what, what they would need the next opportunity they get to do that. But, of course, the owners are going to oppose that and the, the players are going to want it. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how that comes to pass, and hopefully it doesn't come in the form of a work stoppage. Yeah, interestingly enough, I, I've talked to the other two about, like, last year when this started. And for us as a, as a market, and you look at what the St. Louis Cardinals wanted last year, I know you we weren't doing this show last year, but if I was a betting man um, – Brennan Schaefer probably last year was sitting there going, well, if there's one thing the St. Louis Cardinals need, especially after they traded for Ozuna, was, man, we got to shore up this bullpen. So, you know, man, boy, it sure would look good if Addison Reed or Juan Nicasio was back or Brian Shaw or some of these other guys, right? Like, I promise you that Brennan Schaefer probably thought, man, I really want these one of these guys. And then when they went off the board for two-year contracts at, you know, $16 million, couple $18 million, when that happened – you were probably sitting there going, oh, my God, what are we doing, just like the rest of us. And then now these owners who said, okay, this is how we're going to approach it, they gave them two years instead of everybody that thought they were going to get three years and four years. And then, hell, those guys didn't even wind up being worth it. So that has to be playing into this where these owners are going, hey, we're on to something here because, man, I'm glad I only gave that guy two years and not three or four. Yeah, and you mentioned the relief pitching market in particular – I think teams could think, okay, well, we've got the next, you know, Dakota Hudson, or we've got the next Brian Helsley. Give that kid a shot out of the bullpen rather than pay a guy, you know, eight million dollars a season, and and you know, or or more, like you mentioned, with some of those bigger names. I think I think it's just the the ledger is not matching up for teams with the value that they hope to get out of that money, and so they're they're going about it differently. And and I think we've seen, in particular, with the way the Cardinals have approached. Uh, they're building their teams in recent years for right or wrong. They've been more than happy to give out extensions to their own players very early in the process. Um, p- perhaps earlier in some cases than fans would like to see like Paul DeYoung and Stephen Piscotty. Some of these come to mind and some of them work out and some of them don't, but it just seems like that's the way that teams are preferring to spend their money rather than, than blow it all on free agency on a guy. Maybe you don't know as well. You feel like you can lock up your own players for a, a cheaper price. It, it, the whole dynamic of that system is changing, not just with relievers, but with position players as well. I don't. Um, I don't know that there's a good answer to this other than a than a than a work stoppage. Um, I'd like, uh, you know, the, I used to be optimistic about things, saying that you know these guys are business people. They have to be looking at these things, going, man, there's no way we can stop this thing. Um, you know. But they come in at record profits, even though they're like we are sitting here as fans are going, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. But yet well, they, they continue to make more money every year on our backs, quite frankly. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is, because I look at this thing and I say, OK, if you're not willing to sign a guy that you think can change your franchise, that's a 26-year-old free agent, then when are you ever going to do it and be competitive? Because, I I mean, I guess we could take a look at the upcoming guys in, in the Arenados or the or the Harper, or not Harper, the Arenado or the Trout or the Mookie Betts. But if we're not in on these guys, why would we think the St. Louis Cardinals would be in on either of those three? 
yeah, I think I think that the the kicking the can down the road theory is probably just that where it probably doesn't ever end. Now, the one guy that I wouldn't I've said on Twitter and, and elsewhere, I wouldn't be surprised if Nolan Arenado were out there. That would be a move that just feels like very Cardinals to me. I, I think they you know they like him a lot and they would like to have him, but. Uh, you know, we're still a year away from that even happening, and you don't know that he's going to hit the open market anyway. So it, it's it's not as fans. I think you have to find something to look toward, um, and, and you know, for hope for the future and things like that. But uh, I agree with you. I just don't. I, I think and it's not, the Cardinals are not alone with this. We've seen, you know, the the two big stars of this off season, Harper and Machado. It's it's January, and we haven't really heard much momentum for for either of those guys getting something done. Now I'm sure they'll both end up with really handsome contracts, but just the fact that it's taking this long and teams are so hesitant to kind of delve in uh, to those waters, it, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting situation that's going on for sure. Of the two, the one that I'm finding interesting, and again, you can only go by reports, right? Like we, we you know, there's certain guys out there that want to say they have a source or whatever. I, 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 whatever, if you do, great for you. The reality of it is we can only go by what we think we know, and that is according to things, Bryce Harper evidently has a couple of people willing to give him 10 years and over $300 million. Everything we hear from Machado is, is that what they're hearing on him is it is quite less than the $300 million that he had, had hoped to get. So my question to you, and I asked this on the show the other day, if, if he goes for 250 225 how are with the Cardinals starving for a player like that, how are you not in on that? I, I just I think even that – is, is a large number for the Cardinals to to swallow. And I know that reportedly in the past they've been willing to go there and been willing to go to up to 250 of, of Giancarlo Stanton's contract. I, I don't I don't have a good answer for you other than they that's just not how teams and the Cardinals want to spend their money nowadays. They'd rather lock up the Paul DeYoungs of the world for, for a good price and, you know, keep, can compete and, and – with with what they have in there, they're going to have a good team, but it's just like the I guess the the, the cost benefit analysis is not is not there for whatever these teams are looking at, and it seems to be the case for the majority of teams. And of course, there's going to be one or two that that end up with one of these guys. But I think it's that's it's nobody wants to to, to blink first. It seems in this in in the way free agency and in the market is going now. And the thing that's interesting to me is on the surface, baseball should have the it looks like it has the best system right because the contracts are guaranteed you know in football guys aren't really getting that and in, in basketball that it's a, it's a different way with the, the opt-outs and the way ways guys can get cut in other sports but in baseball that doesn't happen once you sign that contract you're you you got that money coming to you it's a guarantee but th- i think that's part of what is making baseball have have the issues it's having because t- players or teams are like well we get these guys for six years anyway so we're going to we're going to go about this differently and not hand out so many of those guaranteed contracts. And the fact that you can get a guaranteed contract as a player is great unless nobody's willing to give you that money in the system. So I, I just it's just a weird, a weird deal. And like you said, 200 million, 225 million, that doesn't seem outrageous for for either of these guys and considering what they could do to help your team. But. I, I don't know. I, I don't think either of us have the answer. Teams are just not willing to do it because of whatever their, you know, their systems for evaluating players are, evaluating the, the, the value of their money is. It's just not. It's not worth it to them. You know, um, last year we saw Eric Cosmer as a free agent um, garner attention, but never like 
what I think some people thought. And the analytical people would step up and say, he's not as good as you think he is. He's not worth the money. Um, here's why. And that's fine. Um, but he winds up going to basically, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, again, I followed it because I liked Eric Hosmer. I think he had some intangible things. I'm not saying I would have signed him, but he has some intangible things that I like as a player that I don't know that you can put into numbers. That being said, he winds up getting the biggest offer from San Diego. And, boy, it sure seemed to me like he didn't want to go there. It's like it was his last choice, but he went there because they gave him the most money. Uh, is that what we're looking at here with these two? Like, it's it, it seems pretty obvious to me where the logical fits for these two guys are, but they're – it just seems like they just keep getting distanced from them and distanced from them. I mean, if you're Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, are you really sitting there going, yeah, I'm going to go to the White Sox? I mean, with their history, is that where you really want to go? I mean, the Philadelphia yeah, Phillies. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, and the Phillies haven't have – I think they've got a decent young core, but they are by no means a slam dunk to be that next team in the East. So, I, you know, and, and is it a bigger market? Sure, it's a big market, but – I say again, there's a reason these guys haven't signed yet. I I I am just flabbergasted by this. Well, and and when you the compare on the comparison to Hosmer, I I don't think it's quite the same um, because I think these guys will, especially Harper, will end up having more suitors that are willing to go in that kind of price range that that he's wanting. Machado, hard to tell. I've said for a little while my prediction for Machado was the White Sox. Um, Harper, I think, ends up in a in a little more glamorous of a, of a location when it's all said and done uh, than the White Sox as the kind of number two team in Chicago. Uh, but with, with Hosmer, it, but honest to God, I'd rather have Jose Martinez play first base for me than Eric Hosmer. I just, I, I, I just don't think that Hosmer is in what, I don't even know what they gave him. If it was 200 billion, 190 million, I don't even remember, but it was, it was not even, not even remotely worthwhile uh, for, for what, what I think he ends up bringing over the course of that contract. And that's the kind of thing that you can compare it to unless a free agent is so far above, you know, what, what we already can find in our system as a Cardinals last year, say, looking at an Eric Cosmer saying, well, we already have, you know, this guy that could, that can play for, for less than a million dollars. And he's going to put up comparable numbers, even if he's not quite as good or doesn't project to be quite as good. We can absolutely live with that. And the theory at least was that when you get into the the bigger names that that scale tends to tip a little bit more and you say okay Bryce Harper is going to help us this many wins over what we already have uh, that we're paying five hundred and seventy thousand dollars to so that's when we're going to go ahead and make our move um, but I just think the the overwhelming cost of of what it would mean and the the, the commitment and guaranteed dollars again uh, I think it scares teams more than than as fans we we see that it should. When you look at two 26-year-olds, I say you're probably going to be fine because these guys could play for eight or ten years, and they're still, you know, by the end of that contract, barely barely out of their prime. So I, I don't understand what the, the big problem is, but I think in general, uh, we, you, you can count the number of gigantic contracts that have been signed in baseball. Very few of them uh, look palatable to the teams at this point. So it's just that's just the way it's going to go, even when you've got a perfect storm brewing. I think the smart team – ends up being the team that signs that guy for 200 or 250 million uh, if they can get it done because they see that the rest of the market is kind of shying on those kind of contracts and say, look, normally I'd agree with you, but in this case, these guys are 26. I think it's going to work out for us. I agree. And that's my whole point on this. And 
Hosmer, by the way, signed eight years, 144 million. So he averaged. Yeah, that's 18, still gross for me. Eight, I'm sorry. Average of 18 million. Really. What was his OPS last year? Right. I don't so know. I mean, I, really close to what. It was Carpenter, 720. Yeah. 720 last year. It was yeah, abysmal. Not a great park either for a hit. I, again, I, he's a. That's true. That's yeah, true. You know. So, I, I, but again, I I'm with you. I I was I'm that way. I so I go the other way, and I'm sitting here going. You know, if we're going to give that guy that much, are you telling me I wouldn't give Machado $250 million for 10 years? I sure would. But um, that being said, the, I'm with you kind of. If I'm Manny Machado, I'm looking at this thing going, you know what? I'm going to go to the White Sox. And the reason I'm going to go there is I'm going to gamble here a little bit. And if I'm going to gamble, I'm going to gamble on some of the best young assembled the talent in baseball. Best assembled young talent in baseball and they've got it i mean they've got you know if everybody's watching uh acuna from from atlanta they've got their acuna okay and eloy jimenez they've got him they've got the the young juan Moncada, you know uh, jose abreu's a, a stabilizing type guy imagine him and machado three and four um they've got young pitch i mean they've got some players they've got young talent there it'll be interesting to see what he winds up doing now I just I, I would be shocked if the Yankees don't sign him, but I, you know the Yankees seem to be doing everything they can to to make sure that they're covered if they don't sign him. I just have a hard time believing the Yankees are going to put all their eggs in the Troy Tulowitzki Witsky bat. But the thing is, if you're what are you going to do with Tulowitzki? I guess is he purely insurance? Oh, I mean he was he's major league minimum so i don't think that's that's too big of a concern whatever well that's, you know, he's he's a nice lottery ticket to have no i agree i agree but my point is this if you don't sign machado is that really who you're going to go into the the season with that's my yeah thing. i guess until until dd's healthy right because he's he's gonna maybe be making his way back to, sometime during the season is that well is I that mean, the case I, i'm not totally I, up on his Corey seager didn't status, play last but, year same thing Corey seager yeah, didn't true. play last year you know did Didi do it a little sooner? I think, but not, yeah, I think, not a ton. I think the timeline was was different. You know, I mean, it's not like well, it's a foregone conclusion. Injured in season, but so you know, that's my. But but if you're the New York Yankees, can you live with three quarters of a season with going into the season with Troy Tulowitzki as your shortstop, and you're not sure what you're going to get? See, yeah, especially now that they feel like they're you know on the come and, oh, and ready God. to make some noise and 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 return to being the New York Yankees. That doesn't seem like it would be in their best interest. See, I would agree with you. I think in in my opinion, I I think there's no doubt about that in my opinion that I I just don't see how Machado doesn't wind up there. I you know, people say, "Well, then why hasn't he signed?" I mean, I, I my my assumption is as always is that you know, they know what they have, they know what they could probably get done today and they're just trying to drive the price up still a little bit. I think I think if you were to ask the people in the know, they probably have a pretty good hedged bet on where these guys are going to go. And chances are the people in the know are probably right. And it'll pro- they'll probably, in the end of this, go, here we go. This is probably where it goes. So, um, yeah. you know, that being said, it's, it's the market, man. And the market dictates what you are. It does it for all of us, right? Like, you know, if somebody come along and said, hey, you know, I have a podcast and I want you to come over here and I'm going to pay you more, uh, would you not listen? Of course you would. You know, it's just, I, it, I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic because I don't know, in my opinion, what is good and what isn't good for baseball. Because do I think, am I a normal human being and think that that's a lot of money to pay a player? I sure do. 
But I just just blows me away. And I'm an owner guy. Like I think people that own companies should make a lot of money because they take all the risk, right? Um, I, I just I just don't know how because I don't begrudge players making money either. I don't know how you take the stance of begrudging players making money, but you don't the owners. And the owners are making more than all of them, as they should, though, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think it's it's perfectly fine to have the owners make the money. And I, I'm with you on that for sure, being that they're the owners of the businesses. But I think as fans, just recognizing the overwhelming volume and just the, the sheer number of the money that they're actually making and to see that you know the spending seems to be getting tighter and tighter instead of going in, in flow with that, uh, you you think there'd be there'd be an owner or two that are like, hey man, I want to make some money, but I also want to win. I've got that competitive drive, sure. And so I, I, I I'm gonna blow blow these players away with these offers when it's a when it's a 26 year old superstar, and I'm gonna get him because I think it's gonna help me win a World Series, and that's gonna bring me, you know, as much life value or more life value than than another hundred million or whatever it might be. So I think that's, that's a great point. I think that's kind of kind of interesting. I wanted to get your thought. Uh, I don't know if you asked the other guys this today, but you said Machado to the Yankees. I wanted to, to pin you down on Bryce Harper, where you think he lands. And I'll give you mine, too. I, I, I think the Phillies have backed themselves into a corner where they got to go all in on one of those two. So that's my thoughts. I'm going Dodgers for, for Harper. That's my guess. Um, I, I just I – Ever since that Matt Kemp trade and they moved out Puig to, I think he ends up there one way or another because they're the Dodgers. And that's just well you know, the same thing you say about Machado and the Yankees and and seeing a spot out there for him. I, that's how I feel about the Dodgers. So that's well, my guess. There. But the problem with the Dodgers is, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, please correct me if I am. Um, judging by what we think we know, I mean, if the if the Washington Nationals truly have already offered him a new contract that was more than the one they offered him, that was ten years and three hundred million. So if it's in excess of three hundred million in ten years. That puts them over the luxury tax, and they've publicly it would. said they, I, they, I believe that it would. Yeah, and they've publicly said they have no interest in going over that. That they're interested in a smaller deal for him, or or something that gets creative to keep them under that. Now he's got to decide what he wants to do. But I mean, I think we all know where that's headed. Um, but I, listen, if it wasn't for that, then yeah, I would say so. But um, the fact that Washington, who I never thought was complete, like I don't think the team that you're look at the Cardinals with Pujols at the time. Remember all these other teams, you heard Miami was in it. You didn't hear much about LA. You heard all these teams are throwing us and the Cardinals are just kind of lurking there, right? Kind of negotiating behind the scenes with their own slugger, trying to get creative. Well, you can't tell me that it's much like Pujols. The only team that I hate to say this, but if you really want to argue who's worth the money, isn't Bryce Harper, like the Washington team, probably stands to gain the most by signing him and keeping him, right? I mean, isn't that probably money well spent if you keep your keep your guy? Yeah, but the, it, their outfield situation isn't so bad now because they've got a couple of young guys that they can throw out there and I think feel pretty good about it. But generally, yeah, you'd love to make him a, a lifetime national and be able to be able to, I, I think, the same way the Cardinals have done with Yadier Molina, where you sure. say, oh, tw- I mean, he was great in 2018, but 20 million for another couple of years—I don't know—for an aging catcher. I think I think that it, it kind of goes along those lines where you 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 can find some intangible value from doing that. Um, and again, if 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 they end up being 
it sounds like they're willing to pay, you know, they offered in the 300 million, maybe another offer, uh, since then, it sounds like they're definitely, uh, in the, in the ballpark, in the, in the dollar range that we've been hearing for what he's going to eventually get. So I guess as a second guess, it wouldn't surprise me to see him land there, but, um, you know, yeah, they, they, they would stand to gain plenty by, by, and they, they know him, they've, they've had him for however long, uh, I think it would make a lot of sense, but I just wonder if they're going to be, you know, willing to go way above and beyond because they already have a pretty solid outfield as it stands. I don't know how Philadelphia doesn't sign one of the two. I That's really what I thought at the start of the offseason. I, I really don't. Because they, 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 they talked about the stupid money, and I'll, I'll you know, the, the pitcher, who's that lefty that signed real early they were after? I'm blanking on his name right uh, now. Corbin? He went to the Nationals. Yeah, Corbin. I thought for sure they would end up getting him the stupid money they were going to offer. But then the Nationals, they bucked up pretty big for him. And, a, you know, a larger contract than I, than I thought. I remember when we were doing our offseason predictions and I said I'd offer Corbin $100 million. I think he got a little more than that even. Um, and so that was kind of surprising. But, um, you know, once once they didn't get him, I thought, well, now for sure they're going to have to get one of these guys. But I don't know. It just hasn't, it hasn't unfolded the way I thought. I thought it would have happened more quickly for them. They would have gotten a little bit aggressive and, and gotten their man, be it Harper or Machado, and it just hasn't happened yet. Well, getting Segura, you know, um, you know they've got Franco. Depending on what they do there, Reese Hoskins. They get they have these players now that I don't know that they can afford to wait much longer before they go out and get an anchor type guy. You know, Aaron Nola no, is a good so pitcher. Aaron Nola is really good. I mean, they've got great pitcher. You know, they went and got Dave. I mean, why would you sign Robertson to a two year deal if you're not going to try to win the next two years? Yeah, I think I think it makes a lot of sense for them to get one of them. I just I thought it would have already happened, and so that's why I've cooled a little bit on it. As, as a prediction, just because it hasn't happened yet. Well, we shall see. I'm not 100% sure what any – I mean, I don't know that you can – you know, the the mystery team will show up at some juncture, right? I mean, we can count on that, can't we? I, you know, that's just – I don't even have any thoughts on on the, on the mystery team. I, I In many cases, it's not even real. And in others, it ends up being the L.A. Angels that swoop in last minute for, for Albert. So, yeah, you never know. It could get it could get wild before we get to the finish here. I uh, I'm interested to see where we go. The good thing is um, each week will be another week closer to spring training, and you would have to believe guys start coming off the board. Um, I'm of the opinion that thanks to a market that I think ultimately is going to lead to a work stoppage, that the Cardinals may find a player in their lap. I'm not sure who that guy is, um, but we're going to find out. And if we do, we'll be able to talk about it on Wednesdays on Bow Ties and Bullshit. Uh, Brendan, where can uh, our Cardinal fans out there follow you? At? As always, it's at bschafer12 on Twitter and kmob.com slash sports is where you can find uh, the things I write. Also, the Baseball STL app is free in uh, whatever app store you have. Well, I appreciate it, my friend. Uh, I look forward to talking to you next week. And uh, go Cards, I guess. All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. All right, that is Brendan Schaefer. And, again, I enjoy our conversations. As uh, you know, I love uh, hearing the opinions of others and seeing how they match up to what we're talking about uh, each and every show. He does a great job, and I know you guys will enjoy his writing as well and following, following along with him on his social media sites. Uh, I want to thank you guys for joining us today. hope you enjoyed the conversation. Um, I, I'm not sure we solved anything other than all coming to the consensus that this thing's not going to end well for anybody in the end, I don't think. Um, but and when I say end well, it's not going to end well for us as fans, and that's the problem at the end of the day. So. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I hope my prediction holds true that a player is going to land in the Cardinals' lap. I'm not sure who it's going to be, but I think we sign at least one more player just because the market has, has dictated an opportunity for us to do so and, 
and and still stay uh, financially secure as an organization. So we'll see what happens. I'll be curious to see. Uh, I want to thank the guys for joining me today, of course, uh, our, all of our sponsors that make the show possible. You heard me talk about Randy Green, InnovativeCompanies.com, residential, commercial, industrial. He's got you covered. Uh, give him an opportunity for your business. Uh, we come to you from the patio studios and, of course, our friends at Gators Baseball Academy with training uh, hot and heavy right now in this offseason for baseball. They're the name you can know and trust, GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. Uh, don't forget about Adam Smokehouse. It makes me hungry just thinking about it. Get over there to Watson Road, have some barbecue. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, open till 7, they do deliver. Find out if you're in that zip code for their delivery. Tell Mike we said hello. Uh, to all of our uh, people, all of our fans out there, you know where you can find us, twobirdsonabat.com. You can subscribe to the show there, which we're asking everyone to do that has not subscribed yet. Um, it would mean a lot to us. I know a lot of you just listen to the show when you see it on social media or you go to the website. But if you could subscribe, that would help us immensely kind of gauge a little bit more where we sit when it comes to uh, to, to everyday listeners. So. Uh, going to ask you for that uh, assistance. Find us on social media. If you're a Cardinal fan and you follow us there, we're going to follow you back. You can do so on Twitter at Birds on a Bat Show. You follow us, we're going to follow you back. Real simple if you're a Cardinal fan. Uh, our push is always Facebook. Type in Two Birds on a Bat. Like our Facebook page. Follow us there. And, of course, click invite your friends uh, and join them. Uh, enjoy, we would enjoy you inviting them to follow us. It means a lot to us getting more Cardinal fans involved. Uh, the big push, as always, though, you'll see the pinned post. It, about three times a week we'll have the show pinned. Uh, look over, find out if you haven't done so. If you haven't liked it, commented on it, and shared it, please do so. You'll then be eligible for some of the great prizes that we give away. Thanks to our friends at m4byyachty.com. You can also find us on Instagram at uh, Two Birds on a Bat Show. Happy to have you there. To all of our Facebook partners, thank you for your continued support. Cardinals Nation, Cardinals 24-7, that group over there, Geno Crash, Chris, um, uh, Lawless, who's you know the heart and soul of Cardinals 24/7. Ron, uh, all those guys do such a tremendous job when it comes to uh, helping fans stay involved in Cardinal baseball. You guys will love all their different podcasts. Uh, just check them out, Cardinals 24/7. There's no shortage of information over there and fun for sure. Uh, Nate McHenry, RallyScroll.com. Thank you for your support. Our Mick Light at Art City Media. We appreciate it when you share our stuff. You have such a large following; it means a lot to us. Uh, to my girls, Linda and Vicky, at uh, Friends of Yachty or Molina, obviously one of our favorite pages. And, of course, I am a Cardinal fan. Yes, I am. Two of the best. STL Cardinals, Cardinal Freak, um, uh, St. Louis Cardinals Nation, uh, St. Louis Cardinals, ba St. Louis Baseball Cardinals, Cardinals fans versus Cardinals haters, uh, Cardinal Country. A lot of great Facebook groups out there for you guys to get involved in if you want to just talk Cardinal baseball. For all of us here at Two Birds on a Bat, I leave you. Let's go Birds! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.